you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church. God is so good. Uh, let's open our Bibles to the book of Revelation and chapter 1. And we'll read from verse 1. Revelation 1, verse 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ to all things that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for your revelation that you gave us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you said we'll be blessed hearing the words of this prophecy. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, we open our hearts and we receive what, we, what you have for us. Thank you, Lord, for utterance in the Holy Ghost, for revelation from your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't you just love the book of Revelation? Yes, sir. I remember reading it as a, as a child and I was, I was scared. <laughs> Any, anyone of you ever been scared? reading Revelation and then other parts of the Bible, I tell you, I was scared because I didn't have a clue. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no one was there to, to show me. Um, so let's continue reading. Revelation 1, verse 4. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is, who was, and who is to come. So does that sound like something that we should be scared of? He's saying grace to you and peace. You know, it's like calm yourself down. Grace, that's favor. It's not just like favor from somebody, you know. It's from him who is, who was, and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. So right there, he's, he's mentioning the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Like in, uh, what, two and a half verses. All together, and we get grace and peace from the Father, from the Son, from the Holy Ghost. Amen. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. There's, there's more good news. It's like he's, clean, he's cleansed us, he's washed us from our sins and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. If we just go back to verse 1, he says, the revelation of Jesus Christ. 
So that word revelation is the Greek word, I think it's apokalypso or something like that. And that means um, something that's revealed or unveiled. And I like to think of it as the revealing of Jesus Christ. And when I read the book of Revelation, I look for where, where is Jesus revealing himself. Yes, he's revealing things. Yeah, things that are to come. So things which are and things which are to come. And he says the time is near. So there's times and there's things that are going to be that are going to happen that is revealed here. But I like to see it as Jesus revealing himself, peeling back those layers like Pastor Ryan li likes to say. Verse 7, Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Again, that's him showing, look, I'm going to reveal myself in glory. And he's coming. Every eye will see him. Verse 8, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end says the Lord, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. You know, I, I had a look there in, uh, was it uh, Exodus? Exodus 3. This is where God called Moses. And God says to, said to Moses, I am the one being, or uh, I am... I am what I am is how it's translated in other translations. And uh, that, those same words are here in the book of Revelation. But then he, he, he inserts uh, the Alpha and the Omega, beginning and the end, first and the last. So uh, it seems to me like he's, uh, he's adding like giving us more revelation of who God is, who Jesus is. He says, I am, in the Old Testament, I am the one being, which is translated in the New Testament as I am the one who is. Okay, but now he's also showing us and who was and who is to come. So, you know, if, if you thought there was, we knew all we there is to know about God in the Old Testament or in Genesis or in Exodus. He's revealing himself more and more and more and more and more. And in the book of Revelation, I think it's, it's getting more and more intense. And one day when we meet him face to face, it's going to be even more glorious. Amen? So let's read on. Uh, let's go to verse 10. So John says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice, as of a trumpet, saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And what you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia. So John was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. So what does that mean? 
He was in the Spirit. I think that means he was doing business with God. I think that means he was worshipping God in spirit and in truth. I think that means he was entering into the holy place by the blood of Jesus, coming to the throne of grace. I think he was dining with Jesus. He was supping with him. And suddenly, he turned to, to, and he heard him saying with a voice of a trumpet, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. So what did his voice sound like? A trumpet. Okay. So verse 12, then I turned to see the voice. Which voice was that again? The voice of a trumpet. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet, and girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice as a sound of many waters. Now, hang on, I thought he said his voice was like a trumpet. So he said, I heard a loud, behind me, a loud voice as of a trumpet, saying, okay, so when, he was, when Jesus was speaking, John heard the sound of a trumpet. Now in, back to verse 15, his feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace. Who knows what feet are for? Walking. <laughs> So what did John see? Did he see Jesus walking? Or was he just, was he sitting? Was he standing about? Chapter 2, verse 1. These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstand. So Jesus was walking in the midst of the seven lampstands. If we go back to chapter 1, verse 15, his feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many, vo uh, uh, many waters. And he walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. You got the picture? He's, Jesus is walking, and he's hearing the sound of many waters. That word for voice is the Greek word phonos, which is just like the word for sound in Greek. So the, his sound was like the sound of many waters. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, where in the Bible have we heard of uh, God walking? In Genesis. Woohoo! Hallelujah. I love this picture, don't you? Um, Genesis 3, verse 9, The Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. Uh, in verse 8, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden 
in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Now, I don't know if it sounded uh, like just normal footsteps or like the sound of many waters or like a trumpet, but they recognized him. And do we recognize him today? Can we recognize him when he is moving in our midst? So let's go back to Revelation 1, verse, we'll carry on from verse 16. He had in his right hand seven stars. Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. So out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. So what's, what's that for? You know, what's so nice about the book of Revelation is it mostly explains itself. So if you like, if you have a question in the book of Revelation, you think, what is that? Just keep on reading, you know, go forward, go backwards, and look for the same thing. And uh, he explains what it is. In uh, chapter 2, verse 12, he says, These things says, He who has the sharp two-edged sword. And... And uh, so he introduces himself. And then in verse 16, he says, Repent, or else I will come to you quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. And then if you read further on in the, in the book of Revelation, you see that Jesus is going to come and devour his enemies with the sword of his mouth. Amen? So we get to choose, are we friend or foe? And we get to choose that now. Amen? So, that's the two-edged sword. Where else do we see the two-edged sword in the Bible? Hebrews. Book of Hebrews. This, if we still don't, don't know what it's about, then we go to Hebrews 4. And I will read from verse 7, in the middle of verse 7. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. So we heard the voice of Jesus, or John heard it, his voice, as the sound of a trumpet. And he's saying, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. So I see, uh, you know, Throughout the, the seven letters, I see Jesus still speaking with the voice of a trumpet. You might see him with a different voice, but uh, he never said he, he stopped uh, speaking with his voice of a trumpet. Um, now verse 11 of Hebrews 4. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. 
And uh, that word there for discerner, if I'm not mistaken, is, is, a, is a word that is similar to our English word uh, critical. You know? So he's, he's critical of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Why, why is he critical? Because he, he discerns it. He, um, he judges. Yeah. He judges the thoughts and intents of the heart. So Jesus reveals himself as the judge and the one who sees the thoughts and intents of our heart. Verse 13, And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And we give account to the judge. Amen? The judge of the living and the dead. So whenever he speaks to the seven churches, he says things like, I know your works. Yeah? He's speaking with that two-edged sword in his mouth. I know your works. I know where you dwell. So he knows us and he's walking in our midst. Now, Revelation 1, verse 17. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. So, you know, he just revealed there previously that he's the one who is who was, and who is to come. And then Jesus, he's expounding on that now. And he says, I am he who lives now, was dead, you know, yesterday, and behold, I am alive forevermore. So he's the one that is to come forevermore. And I have the, the keys of Hades and of death. And just, just thinking of uh, Jesus, says, uh, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Now, isn't it interesting that uh, if we go back to chapter 1, where it says, Grace to you and peace from him who is, chapter 1, verse 4, who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ. So there it looks like he's talking about the Father, uh, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus. And then Jesus says, yeah, but he is also the one who is, who was, and who is to come. So what he's saying is, he's at the, the same level as the Father in terms of being God. Amen? So uh, Jesus is not the Father, and the Father is not Jesus but they're all, all three are God. And they live in unity. They exist in unity. Okay, so let's see now.
So Jesus revealed in, in the book of Revelation that he is the beginning and the end. Amen? So where, how can Jesus be the beginning and the end at the same time? Because he is God, so he lives in eternity. So he's not subject to, to time like us. Um, anyone know where the beginning begins? In the book, of, the book of beginnings in Genesis. So let's just read that. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's Genesis 1 verse 1. So in the beginning, God... Yeah, so God was there in the beginning. And then if we go to John 1, just keep Genesis 1 open there. John 1, in the beginning was the Word. So in Genesis we see, in the, be in the beginning, God. So God was in the beginning, and in John, he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, in the Greek, this, this looks very interesting. I don't know if you know that the, the Jehovah's Witnesses have a different Bible, and they put their, um, the Word was a God. And that's because there's no definite article before the word for God at that point. Uh, but in the Greek, it actually reads like this. And the word was with God, or the God in the Greek, and God was the word. So in, in Greek, you can change the, the order of things just how you like, and it all depends on the suffixes and things to figure out what's the verb and what's the subject and, and object. But in Greek, when you put a word first, it means that you're showing prominence or importance and, and things like that. And so we read in our English Bible, and the word was God. But in Greek, it's the other way around, and God was the word. So it's not... It's not a small letter G, God, and there's no A. It's not A, God. It is God, the important one in, in that phrase, and, and God was the Word. And this one, so that's the Word, was in the beginning with God. And then all through Him existed and apart from him existed not even one thing which exists. That's pretty amazing. So, so think about that. Um, if Jesus only arrived, say, in the beginning, and he wasn't before the beginning, then uh, that means he was created, right? But now John says everything, so all... Everything through him existed, and apart from him existed or was made, not even one thing which exists. So Jesus exists, and he, he was in the beginning, 
but he existed, everything that exists, exists through him. And therefore, he is God. Amen? And uh, so in the book of Revelation, where he calls him the Alpha himself, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, that's what he's getting to. Okay, let's go back to Genesis. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. Now, Jesus is revealed as, as the light, the light of the world. Okay, so if you, if you read on in, in John, he describes Jesus as, as the light coming into the world. And uh, <clears throat> so in Genesis it says, darkness was on the face of the deep. So does that mean that the darkness came before the light? Is that what it looks like? So sometimes we just have to read what it says and not, you know, uh, yeah, read what it says, believe what it says, amen? So it says, where, where was the darkness? The darkness was on the face of the deep. So that, that, that's actually giving us a clue that light already existed. Okay? So if you have, let's say this is the face of the deep and there's darkness, that implies that elsewhere is light. Amen? So darkness did not precede light. And there's things in, in that verse is... Um, that happened, that's not described. So if we go read it again, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. So you could read that as he created the universe, everything that's in it, okay? And then the earth was without form. Or you could read it as the earth was found to be without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Okay? So, there was darkness on the face of the deep, and now the Spirit of God is hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. Um, that can be translated as light be. And in the New Testament, we're told that God commanded the light. So if God's commanding the light, he says, hey, light, get over here. Yeah? Here. Where, do, where did light need to be? Light needed to be on the face of the deep. Yeah, so light was elsewhere. But light needed to be on the face of the deep. And that's how day one was made. <laughs> and that's, that's a picture of Jesus. So, there was darkness in our hearts, but Jesus always existed. Yeah? Then, when we accepted Jesus as Lord, God said, Light, be. Be. 
be in his heart, be in her heart. Light, amen? Jesus is the light of the world. So just from chapter 1 in Genesis, Jesus is already revealing himself as the light of the world. Now, what, what about um, the sun? What day was the sun made? I think it's uh, day four. But he already on day one divided light from darkness, and he called the darkness night, and the light he called day. Amen? Now, whenever God created anything on, on earth, when he spoke, there was light, because God is light. I'm talking now uh, as a picture. I'm not now talking... Scientifically, we can, I can explain both, but um, I'm just speaking the, how God is revealed, not so much about uh, the natural things. So whenever God spoke, whenever he made something, there was light on earth. That was a day. Whenever he didn't make something, that was a night. God didn't make things in the night, amen? He made things in the day. So in verse 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The heavens consist of stars. They shine. There's light. So light was already there in, in verse 1. And God spoke to the, the earth and said, Let the earth bring forth seed. He didn't speak to the seed. He spoke to the earth. Amen? So, there's lots of things hidden here. For instance, we are, we don't, we're not given a description of the creation of angels. But I believe it's contained there. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So, He created everything. But the hidden, the hidden things, you know, the things that we can't see, are not mentioned. Just like it's a picture. It's a picture just to show us the invisible things are not, not mentioned because they're hidden with God. Now, in the book of Revelation... We see Jesus revealing himself. And he's revealing himself from, from, to us from glory to glory. And if we go on past the, the letters of the church, maybe just the, the last uh, verse of chapter 3, so chapter 3, verse 22. 
He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So it doesn't say, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit said to the, this church. It's what the Spirit says to the churches. Okay? So even though there's seven churches, specific churches that really existed back then, those messages are still for us today because the Spirit is still speaking and we're still churches. Amen? So whenever he, he spoke to one church, that's a warning for the other churches. And that's a warning for us today. And a blessing. And then in uh, chapter 4, he says, After these things I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice, what was the first voice again? The voice of a trumpet. The first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here and I will show you things which must take place after this. Now, let's jump, jump back to Exodus 19. Exodus 19, verse 10. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes, and let them be ready for the third day. For on the third day the Lord will come down upon Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. You shall set bounds for the people all around, saying, Take heed to yourselves, that you do not go up to the mountain or touch its base. <clears throat> Verse 13, Not a hand shall touch him, but he shall surely be stoned or shot, whether man or beast, he shall not live. When the trumpet sounds long, they shall come near the mountain. Verse 16, Then it came to pass on the third day in the morning, that there were thunderings and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain. And the sound of the trumpet was very loud so that all the people who were in the camp trembled. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was completely in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. Its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked greatly. And when the blast of the trumpet sounded long and became louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him by voice. Then the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses did what? Moses went up. So let's get the picture there. There's uh, thunderings and lightnings and smoke. 
and the sound of a trumpet, and the sound of the trumpet got louder and louder. And then the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain. Okay, let's go back to Revelation 4. And the first voice which I heard, like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here. So what did he say to Moses? Probably something like, Moses, come up here. <laughs> Amen? And what did Moses hear? He heard the sound of a trumpet. Which sound of the trumpet did Moses hear? The long-sounding trumpet. Like I said, it looks to me <clears throat> as if Jesus, when he was speaking to the seven churches, was speaking to them with the sound of a trumpet. His voice. And then again, he's saying with that same voice, come up here. Now, which, which uh, sounding of the trumpet was it when God told Moses to come up here? It was the last sounding of the trumpet. Amen? And we will be called up at the last trumpet, the trumpet of God. If you, if you read in uh, Exodus 19, do you see where, when Moses said to the priests or somebody, the, leave, uh, the musicians, blow the trumpet? No, you don't see that. The trumpet just sounded because it was God's trumpet. Amen? God made the sound. God made the thunderings. God made the lightnings. Let's read again uh, Revelation 4. After these things I looked and behold. So what does behold mean? It means look or see, perceive. A door standing open in heaven. In my Bible there's a, there's a full stop. I don't know about your Bible. And then the, the next sentence starts with and. Okay. I was taught in school, don't start sentences with and. And is a conjunction. So you join things together. So, after these things I looked and behold, what did he behold? A door. What was the door doing? The door was open. What else did he behold? And the first voice which I heard like a trumpet speaking with me saying, come up here. So he's he beheld two things, an open door in heaven and the voice of a trumpet. Whose voice was that voice of a trumpet? Jesus. Jesus was saying, come up here and I will show you things which must, must take place after this. So if we just go back again to chapter 1. <clears throat> Verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ, or the revealing of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants, things which must shortly take place. So chapter 4 is something that must shortly take place. Amen? Yes. Chapter 4, where he's saying, come up here, is part of the revelation of Jesus Christ. 
It's part of uh, the Word of God, the testimony of Jesus Christ. And we are blessed when we read this. We are blessed when we hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it. For what? For the time is near. Amen? So the time is near for Jesus to be walking in our midst. The time is now. The time is now for us to hear His voice. If we have an ear, can we hear His voice? And the time is coming when the trumpet will, will sound long. And it will be the last trumpet. And he will be calling us home. So whatever John is seeing, whatever John hears, is what God is showing us as his church. He says, uh, what did we say? If anyone, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So everything John sees and hears is for the churches. So the church needs to know that there will be a door standing open in heaven with a voice saying, come up here. Amen? So if this has got nothing to do with uh, Jesus coming to fetch us, why have we got to know that? You know, how can we be blessed reading and listening to that if he's not showing us something? Okay. Now, chapter uh, 4, verse 2. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. We were singing, take me to your throne room. John is seeing a throne in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he who sat there was like a jasper, and a sardius stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne, in appearance like an emerald. Around the throne, twenty-four thrones, and on the thrones I saw twenty-four elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads." And from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. So what did we read again in, uh, in Exodus 19? When the trumpet was sounding louder and louder and louder, we, heard, we read about lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Amen? So God is giving us the same kind of picture here. If a, if a Jew reads this, and he's familiar with Exodus 19, you were going, I see it. Yeah? And we should too. We should also be reading the Old Testament. Before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion the second living creature like a calf, the third living creature had a face like a man, and the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is 
and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. And uh, chapter 5, verse 6. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Okay. So... John saw a door standing open in heaven. He heard a trumpet saying, come up here. He saw 24 thrones with 24 elders. He saw four living creatures worshiping God. And then in the midst of all that, he saw a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes. Okay? Now, if Jesus appeared to you now, do you think he would appear to you as a lamb that was slain and having seven horns and seven eyes? I don't know. I would be shocked. Um, is that what Jesus looks like? That's the picture that, that John saw here, right? Okay? So this gives us a clue. This tells us that what John is seeing here is a picture. All right? So a picture representing something. So the, the lamb that was slain pictured Jesus, uh, represented Jesus. Amen? Everyone who agrees? Okay. Now let's go to the open door. What does the open door represent? Jesus said he's, he's the door. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. Okay? So he's inviting John, come up here. John beheld two things in his picture. He saw in his picture an open door, and he heard the voice of the trumpet. It's almost as if the door is speaking to him. He didn't say, I saw a man at the door speaking to me. He, say, he said, I saw a door and I heard that voice which I recognized from earlier on. Right? So Jesus, the door, that's what the picture looks like to me, is speaking and saying, come up here. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Are you looking forward to being called up? 
Are you looking forward to that last long-sounding trumpet? I know I am. I was getting going there with, uh, with the book of Genesis earlier on. And uh, we didn't get to, to day seven, you know, when God rested. Um, and in the book of Hebrews, we are told that there, there's a seventh, there's a day of rest for us as his church. And I believe the, the book of Revelation gives us, you know, some of the details of how that day is going to unfold. Now, how many of you know that uh, Jews start their days in the night, at sundown? When, when the sun goes down, they say, oh, this is the start of a new day. It's weird, isn't it? <laughs> like, if you tell me what's the start of a new day, I would have thought, Maybe sunrise, that, that sounds good to me, you know. Um, but no, they, they start their days at sundown because of Genesis. Because it, it was evening and it was morning the first day. It was evening and morning the second day, etc. And uh, it looks to me... that Jesus is, is speaking about, uh, if we go and look at the, the um, Exodus 19, he said, consecrate yourselves today and tomorrow, and the third day I will come, I will come down to you, right? Now, when Jesus was on the earth, he said, I am the light of the world. Walk in the light while you have the light so that you may become children of the light. So what did he do with that light? He passed his light on. He, he passed on the baton or the torch. He gave us the torch to carry the torch. John saw seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Seven lamps, seven torches. The fire is the Holy Spirit. Amen. Are you, are you carrying his, his torch here on earth? Are you a burning light for him? He's walking in our midst. There's seven candlesticks in this picture. That's, that represents the churches. What are they burning with? Holy Ghost fire. What did it take to, to make those golden candlesticks? Approving process. Yeah? The, the, the seven stars in Jesus' hands. 
That's a picture of the, the seven angels of the churches or the messengers or the sent ones, the elders of, of those churches. He holds them in his hand. And he said that he, he gave gifts unto men. He's giving his church gifts. He's putting us through a proving process. <clears throat> Somebody was telling me that uh, each one of the names of the churches has a, has a meaning. Um, and like the persecuted church, I think the name there means like squeezed or something along, along those lines. So when you're being squeezed, what's coming out of you? You know, if you, if you take an orange and you squeeze it, you get orange juice, amen? Jesus reveals who he is, who he is in the book of Revelation. What's on his agenda? What's on his timetable? But if you read through these seven letters to the churches, he's saying, I know you. I know your name. This is your name. Yeah, this is what they call you. But who are you really? What are you really doing? So I believe he's also asking us, do, do you know who you are? Yeah. And are you, are you shining his light? Are you using those ears attached to your head? You know, when I read this, there's so much in the book of Revelation. I mean, we can't cover it. But when I read through it, and I, and I read of each group that gets added there in heaven, you know, um, martyrs losing their lives for Jesus, then they appear in heaven. John sees them. And then he sees a, a multitude surrounding the 24 elders and the four living creatures. And it looks to me a bit like, a, you know, like a stage where you have maybe one or two characters come up. And then you have more come up and more and more. And everything is like in its time. It's, it's like a, a drama or let's call it the greatest love story ever told. Amen? Amen? And each one of us have our part to play. And the part that we get to play, I think, is the best part. You know, Jesus said, of the, um, John the Baptist was the greatest prophet, but the smallest in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John the Baptist. So when John the Baptist died, he hadn't heard that Jesus died, rose from the dead. Yeah, so he, he didn't make it into the kingdom of heaven, at least this side of, of the grave. And we, we get to live that out now. 
So I know I don't want to be a part of the um, the 144,000 or the thousands and thousands and, and ten thousands that uh, lose their heads. Yeah, I don't want to be a part of any of that because I want to be there when that door is standing open in heaven and I hear his voice saying, come up here. He said, uh, he's coming quickly and his reward is with him. So when we see these 24 elders, we see them with crowns on their head. And if you read in the, in the seven letters to the churches, we are promised the crown of life. Amen. So that tells us they, ha- they were rewarded. They sat on thrones. After that, those who, who lost their lives in uh, the, the following chapters, John saw them as the souls that were beheaded. He didn't see them uh, with crowns or thrones. And I believe in in heaven there are going to be degrees of closeness to him. John said that we will be like him because we will see him as he is. In 1 John 3 verse 2. Now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Jesus is going to be revealed to us. Yeah, He's going to come and fetch us. And we... We will be like him because we will see him as he is. John didn't get the full picture here in the book of Revelation. He he got a picture of what is to come. The the real thing is going to be so much better and so much more intense. So, since the door is a picture... The, the trumpet speaking is a, is a picture of Jesus and the, the lamb the lamb is a picture of Jesus. It then follows that the 24 elders and their thrones are most likely also a part of the well they're in the same picture. so. People try to figure out who who are they. Is John seeing himself in one of the elders? You know, things like that. 
But if you just read it the way it's written, it's a picture. And if you, if you listen to their song, you can find out who they are. Um, in uh, Revelation 5, verse 8. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll, to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood, out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Again, if you go and read the, the letters of, to the seven churches, you will read things like this being made kings and priests, reigning on the earth. So there's 24 of them, but they say they've been redeemed to God by His blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Who can tell me how many tribes are there on the earth? It's roughly about 5,000. How many languages are there on the earth? Roughly about 7,000. So 24 elders were redeemed out of every tribe, which is about 5,000, and tongue, about 7,000, and people and nation. Can you see how it's a picture? So if you listen to this song, this song reveals who they are. So we are addressed in chapter 1. He loved us and washed us from our sins in, our, in His own blood and has made us kings and priests to His God and Father. Amen. So if you're not sure, you just go to chapter 1. Chapter 5, verse 11. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne the living creatures, and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. So if you thought they were, maybe they were angels. No, the angels are in verse 11. And they are singing our song. That's, that's why we, we sing that song, Open the Scroll. You know, it, the first time I heard that song, it sort of gave me chills because, you know, it depends on what you believe of the book of Revelation, what that means to you when you sing that, I think. So when I sing it, uh, it, it's, it means Jesus, you know, make that happen because I want chapter four, you know. Actually, I, I want you to... Uh, to call me up, come up here, and then I can see him opening the scroll. Amen. So think about that. We we can't be seeing Jesus opening the scroll unless we're caught up with him when when he says, Come up here. He told Moses, Come up here. 
And he went, and he's going to call us, come up here. Are we ready? If Jesus calls us up now, are we ready? Just in this last couple of weeks, I was just made aware that people are going to be disappointed. People are going to end up here. I mean, in chapter 4, going up there and with people missing, people missing next to us. We have this life to, to reach the lost for him. We have this life while we're in the, in the land of the living to shine his light. We don't know what we will be. When, when we're up there, what we do now determines what we are then. Amen? How close we are to him now determines how close we are to him then. How bright we shine now determines how bright we will shine in, in eternity. So let's heed his voice. He's, he's calling like a, like a trumpet. These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. These things says the first and the last, who was dead and came to life. These things says he who has the sharp two-edged sword. Can you hear the trumpet? These things says the Son of God who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like fine brass. I, I want to hear that trumpet call. I want to join in that feast. The lamb as slain. That's what, that's what John is seeing there. And Jesus said, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part in me. And then he calls us up. And then we dine with him. We sup with him. We eat his flesh and we drink his blood. We are a part of him. We see him like he is and we shall be like he is. If you read and you, and you hear what his eyes are like, what he sounds like, how he moves, that's how we should move. That's how we should sound. Amen? We should reflect his light. We should shine his light. Let the, the, the world see Jesus in us. Amen? Father, we just thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that you, you've been revealing yourself from the, from the beginning, from the get-go. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that you've been revealing yourself to us through your Son, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be ready. Yes, to walk 
like you are walking. To talk like you're talking. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that you empower us with your power, with your fire. We're just candlesticks, Lord, but we shine your light. We, we burn with your fire. We give you glory, Lord. We give you honor. We say, come. Come, Lord Jesus. Glory to you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.